0: What if Lily had forgiven Snape after the final exchange we saw between them in Snape's worst memory? I recently joined Firebird on the Dusty Cauldron podcast to discuss the answer to that exact question. We theorize on different ways their lives could have played out as a result, and as a bonus for you, I wanted to bring that conversation over here to my podcast as well. And shout out to Firebird for letting me do that. Thanks for listening to The Belated Binge, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, and I'm your host that didn't read these books until I was a grown man. Now, I can't stop talking about them.
1: what up muggles this is firebird and i'm here with hermione secret hi and you're listening to the dusty cauldron where we talk about all things harry potter and the witchy world at large hermione secret do you want to talk about your podcast a little bit before we get too far in
0: sure so uh i guess am i should should i let people in on the on the joke of the hermione secret bit um so Uh, Hermione's Secret is the name of the chapter in which time turners are introduced in the series, and that plays along with my podcast pretty well, because my podcast is called The Belated Binge, uh, where I am revisiting Harry Potter, chapter two at a time, which is fairly common. However, I didn't read the series through until I was in my mid-twenties for the first time, and now I've read it... Countless times I'm doing it again um, And I'm having a blast picking it apart um, For the podcast Going uh, super deep dive Into uh, what I'm calling Some of the most important questions uh, Plaguing the fandom Like what did Dumbledore know And when Why does Harry only know how to do two spells By the end of this series And are there any competent adult wizards In this series whatsoever
1: There might not be
0: I think you're right. I haven't found one yet and we are into, um, well, you were just my guest uh, at the time of recording this for chapter 15 of Chamber of Secrets. So we're almost two books in and I have yet to spot one.
1: <laughs> well, Hermione Secret is going to join us today for one of our headcanon episodes. And the fan theory, sort of fan fiction-y vibe that we are going to dig into today is what might be different in the series if Lily had forgiven Snape after the scene during their owl year where he calls her the M-word. So, as the guest, I thought I might give you the first point in what you think might change based on that.
0: So, I'm... This is a struggle for me um, because I don't know necessarily that much would change if I if I really like am honest about it, because it would have just ended up being the same outcome like their their friendship may have possibly lasted another five minutes till the next thing. But like his path was he was going to be a Death Eater and she was going to fight Death Eaters. So eventually, like, probably not much has changed. If you, like, if we just say if she forgave him for that one moment. Um, now, if if we go as far as to say that Snape truly felt uh, a, whether you want to call it love, which I would argue it was not. Um, but if Snape truly valued Lily in his life enough to actually change his decisions of the path that he's going to go down then we've got then we've got a a kind of an interesting like trip and journey that we can go down uh with that one because it's it doesn't just end up in the same inevitable place you know forgiveness after mudblood or not you know what i mean
1: i can definitely appreciate where you're coming from I thought about like particularly in this like what sort of paths are they going down? What might change? And while I think it's unlikely that they're going to become super close again like they were in their early childhood, I think that their friendship may have been able to be salvageable if he seemed truly repentant when he approached her for the apology. Um, And I I think that you could argue based on what we see in the memories that at least in that moment, he felt truly repentant, though I am not holding anything against Lily for not wanting to forgive him for it, just to be clear there. Um, But I think like if their friendship had been salvageable, it may then, though unlikely, have been able to have prevent him from joining the Death Eaters. Um, If I try to follow that train of thought, I think that would make him more likely to become a spy earlier um if his joining even if it is to become a spy isn't like the last straw and she's like I'm done with you
0: See that's interesting. I think I think you and I actually just um I think we just interpret that memory differently in why like what it was that drove Lily away from him um I don't I don't interpret that memory as really having much to do with the slur that he called her because she uses it in the memory she's like you know she basically says you know uh I I don't care about you know mudblood mudblood blah 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 like that's that's what you all of your friends call me that's what you call everybody else that's like me like it's not it's not the word, it's the and and she had uh, other issues with it throughout the memories of it's the people that he chose to hang around with. It's the the choices that he was making and she's like, you she's like, you can't even deny it. you can't wait to get out of here and go join the death eaters. And I think that was always her problem. That was the point where she was like, this is why we can't be friends like this is why we can't continue to pretend like we are friends because this is where you're going and this is the like you have chosen this and you're not even trying to tell me that you're not and I'm going to fight against that so let's just call it a day here bud um and so I don't I don't necessarily like forgiveness or not for the word and for that incident I don't think she was ever going to forgive him joining the death eaters (laughs) um so for me it it is it's very much it for me it's still it comes back to snape would actually have to value her in a way to change the choices that he was making and the people he was going to be around with and ultimately the side he was going to choose and that's where i where um where you were going with it with like becoming a spy earlier I don't know that he could have in this scenario because I think the reason that he's able to become a spy for Dumbledore is that he was already indoctrinated. He was a Death Eater. He was marked. He was participating. He had been since he was a you know teenager in this circle, and he was trusted in that way. So they – like he was in it. You know what I mean? He was, He wasn't – he didn't – go undercover to gain their trust he already had it and Dumbledore was just able to use that because of what happened um with the prophecy and uh and basically leveraging it um uh, again Snape even though let's be honest Dumbledore was Hiding the potters and the long bottoms already, so Snape didn't actually have to go undercover. Uh, it was still, he was still gonna get the thing that he came to Dumbledore to ask for, but we're not talking about Dumbledore in this, we're talking about Snape.
1: Yeah. Um, so I agree with some of your points and not with others. Um, so I agree that the issue is much larger than what he said in the fight. Um, for the what if of it all, um, I would ask you to suspend some disbelief. Um, For Like, we are assuming in the base question that the forgiveness does happen. Um, And so then I would be perfectly happy to expand that to say she's not just forgiving him for um, what he said, but what his actions are with the caveat that his actions must be changing in order for her to actually give the forgiveness. Um, So that changes our what if framework a little bit. Um, I disagree that he couldn't start out with the intent to spy though because he has already been winning all of that trust with how he has behaved for the last at this point five years with the students i think he could continue to behave in that way but have different motivations so i think he would still be able to reasonably start out always being a spy if he had ever had the inclination to do so which in canon he does not
0: yeah and i guess i wonder how that would how that would have been birthed like who would have initiated that
1: him being a spy yeah uh i think that it would come from him based on conversation with lily essentially to prove that he isn't what he was before like he's showing like yes i'm saying i'm going to join but here's how i'm intending to like try to funnel information to you like i think it would be his because let's be real his feelings with lily are not love they're obsession and so his new obsession would be how can i take advantage of something i have at my disposal to make lily see value in me
0: I like this, the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm struggling with a little bit with the idea of him starting out then, because we, like, the, we have to remember, what was it? It was, was it sixth year that this went down, fifth year for them? I can't fifth remember year, which yeah. one it was. It's like after the yeah, owls. They're, yeah, they're, they're 15, yeah, they're 15 years old, so they're, neither one of them are one or the other yet. They know which side that they uh, resonate with. They know which side that they intend to be on when they, quote unquote, come of age. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. And unless, and I I wouldn't imagine this being the case, but like unless Dumbledore is holding like his version of the Slug Club, but it's for like little budding uh, orders, order of the Phoenix membership Uh, almost like a mini dumbledore's army of their day like they're not actually affiliated in that way so i guess here's what i'm struggling with is snape could have this intention at 15 he could be like oh i'm gonna be this like super spy but like more than just he and lily are gonna have to know that for him to not get dead By the other, like by the good side, you know what I mean. And like, so how do they, how do they get that word up the chain, so that like, because ultimately Dumbledore is going to have to know that that's in play, in order to make sure that the people that he's, you know, the all of his chess pieces aren't like taking out the one that they don't know is a spy on the other side. You know what I mean? Like later when. Snape is a spy. The Order is fully aware. Hell, the Wizarding World is fully aware that he's supposedly in that. Remember the um, the scene in Goblet? It's the uh, memory scene of Dumbledore's of the trial of um, Karkaroff. And Karkaroff names Snape. And Dumbledore stands up and he's like, no, Snape is he was a Death Eater, he's changed allegiances and turned spy for us in a f- courtroom full of people, so it's not like it's a big-ass secret. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, I always I always kind of imagined, like, the reason that Snape isn't a, like, targeted, I guess, by the Order is, like, they know that he's on their side somehow, you know? Um, and he's coming back to Grimold Place and he's giving... His reports on what's going on in Death Eater camp and whatnot. So, like, how does that piece get into play if he's starting that early?
1: So, I don't think it would be as visible as it is in the later books because I would argue that his role as a spy was probably not well known to the majority of the order until the conclusion of the war. Because otherwise it would just increase the likelihood of um, the dark people finding out that he's in fact spying. And so for an outward perspective for the Death Eaters he's working with, though there could be some that gets suspicious, and for the majority of the people in the Order, it would be assumed that he had just joined the Death Eaters, that he had done what everyone expected him to do and was evil.
0: I, do, I don't. hate it. I like. I like where it's. I like how we're getting. I like how we're getting a different motivation to ultimately the same end. We're really just mm-hmm. getting a jump start on his role later on, and he doesn't have to, you know, give up his quote unquote love to death uh, in order to be motivated to do
1: it. Yeah, and like um, I think for a lot of things, it doesn't change how things play out in, like, the first war. Like, I think you probably still see him at battles with Death Eaters, because he has to maintain a cover, and you probably still see him do bad things. You just are more likely to see key things that they didn't know the first time around being known by the Order. And one of those things that I think is a possibility, if this played out this way, is we may actually find out that Worm tells a spy, because there is the chance... That Snape runs into him in a circumstance when he shouldn't have been able to, unless Wormtail was on the wrong side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I do like that. Um, the other thing that was just going through my head, and it's fleeting uh, as we speak, is what if it didn't also save Lillian James?
1: Oh, yeah, like, it still fails. Yeah.
0: Right, because, like, the idea behind, okay, well... Because, ultimately, Snape's the one that marked them for death. Mm -hmm. He's the one that overheard Trelawney, the first half of Trelawney's prophecy. He's the one that ran and took that information straight to Voldemort, and then freaked out when Voldemort was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's this boy, I'm gonna kill that boy, and, you know, presumably the parents and then he goes oh no no don't kill lily mm-hmm. kill james and the baby i don't give like, a shit fine. but don't kill lily yeah oh sorry i didn't ask can i curse on this podcast yeah
1: we always put a not safer work tag so people know <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah the but what i think is interesting is let's let's just because there's another there's another path to this that i actually took this uh, that I st- I want to get your thoughts on too that's completely different than this. but I kind of like the idea of what if is as part of his double agentness as part of his spyness, he still takes that a bit of that prophecy back it and is it's interesting under the yeah it's but it's like under the assumption that the Fidelius charms are solid.
1: So then he would have to not know that Wormtail is a spy. But he could even, like, say we want to have that plot point happen. That could still Mm -hmm. happen after it's too late. He's already given the information to Voldemort.
0: Yeah, he's already done it. And then, like, afterwards he, like, walks out of the room. Or, like, the next time he walks into a Death Eater thing, he sees Peter Pettigrew sitting there. And he's like, what the is going on? And, like, he can't do anything about it it's already like happened he's already given up the location
1: mm-hmm. that's really interesting, interesting and like would make the death so much more gut wrenching <laughs> like it's already so bad I know. but that would guys yeah. I would be like how does Snape not end up offing himself honestly because he basically just killed Lily himself
0: well I mean he does in the main series yeah like, let's be honest and that's why he's supposedly so remorseful and so like Miserable the rest of <laughs> the rest of his life is because he did he he was the one that was like here's the magic bullet I'm gonna point it right at her head
1: yeah I would um, argue in the canon that he genuinely doesn't put together two and two of who he's putting on the chopping block before he tells I think he just doesn't care who he puts on the chopping block he just wants to serve his oh master. for sure. Um so this one is sure. a little darker because it's like by having the foreknowledge of like, okay, these people are gonna go under Fidelia's charm to protect them, he knows <laughs> he, who the likely he targets knows she's are. Pregnant. Yeah, 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 he knows. So it's like it's yeah. worse. <laughs> um Yeah. It it is worse. Um, it's interesting. If no, we don't curse. take that particular approach, I do mm-hmm. think it actually increases the odds of Neville being the chosen one because um if he's sort of interacting with these people he's more privy to what's going on in their lives he's gonna know who the potential targets are um and he's gonna work to protect her um it could either mean that he pushes it more and makes it sound like it should be the long bottoms hopefully on faith that they're gonna be protected but who knows because he does have the obsession with lily that might blind him from making good choices Or alternatively could lead to him being like, Oh, I'm not going to share what I've heard because otherwise it's going to put someone that I think I love at risk.
0: Yeah. 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 I, and that actually, that ties into a little bit of the um, kind of the alternate reality that I was uh, thinking through prepping for this, um, for this podcast too, that, that idea of whether would it still be Harry that would be the "quote-unquote" chosen one, or would it indeed, you know, end up being Neville if Snape and Lily were actually friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. I like I I like the I like the thought exercise.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I want to circle back to something that you'd said earlier because I yeah go. I, I got thinking about it. Like we see in the later, like the second war that it's not all that Mm -hmm. uncommon to involve children, but that actually wasn't very common in the first one. So you were very like correct in what you're saying. It was like, none of them have actually pledged allegiance anywhere. Um, the one instance we have of maybe not being of age is Regulus black. Um, I think he joined the death eaters while he was still in Hogwarts and then died shortly after graduation because of the whole Horcrux situation, But we didn't have um, any of the Order members joining before graduation. So there's, like, an imbalance of when someone might become, like, officially aligned, which is interesting. Well, yeah, and we...
0: Go ahead. We also don't know if Regulus got marked in school or if that didn't actually happen until graduation. Like, he could have just been... I I use I would use the the term that is popular in like a like a motorcycle club uh, type of terminology as like a hang around <laughs> is what they call it like when just somebody that's like that like hangs around with the club but they're not part of it and then they later can go through the steps to become part of it like it's that's kind of what I think of with these like with the with the Snapes at fifteen with the Reguluses during hogwarts with the with the that's what makes draco's situation so uh i think unusual and surprising that he actually does have a dark mark at that point because you don't you don't expect him to or at least like you the wizarding world wouldn't expect a 16 year old to be a full-on death eater yet but like totally could be in the circle and like hanging around with death eaters and on the way there, but like becomes an adult because like there has to be something to the fact that like these kids have a trace on them until they're adults. So like how much can you really use a little death eater 15 year old? You kind of need the trace to break. I imagine before you can like put a, you would think a dark mark on their arm. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: I think you could get away with putting a mark on their arm. You would struggle to get away with, like, them going out on raids. Um, Yeah. I sort of felt that it was implied that he must have joined uh, while he was a student because he's attempting to leave in 1979. And so, like, I would think you'd have to be there long enough to know that you should leave because the beginning would be all about, like, wooing you. And so I was trying to real (sighs) quickly while you were talking try to figure out when it was that um, Sirius Black left home because he refused to join um, because then I assumed that join uh, Regulus joined in his place but I can't find the oh uh, uh, see find
0: the I time always thought of it open. as like yeah I always thought of it as like Regulus was in Slytherin house a lot of the Death Eaters were also in Slytherin house not all death eaters are in slytherin not all slytherins are death eaters we can go ahead and get that stamped but we know that there's there's a pipeline to say the least uh in that house and that's where i think and the parents are not death eaters but they are very pure blood loyalists and stuff like that so like i think i think what we the way that i at least interpreted regulus's character is like when they go into his bedroom in Grimwald Place, like it looks like a shrine to Voldemort. Like he was a fanboy in school. And so uh, immediately upon graduation, he would have been like in. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's almost like you, yeah, you're in school, you're, uh, you're hanging around the, the, um, you, you're, you're hanging around the group but you're not in it yet and then you become an adult and he's like i can't wait to be a part of this and as soon as he is he starts to like figure out oh this is no joke and like oh this is not this is not what i what i should be doing here and like he figures out the horcrux thing which does imply that he's a very intelligent human being uh, at a, at a very young age. but I yeah, I, I guess I always imagined that was Regulus's path. and the reason that Sirius left wasn't because he wasn't gonna join the Death eaters. It was because he hated the pure blood like mania that was in his house.
1: I think like you make valid points, and I think there's enough gray area in the the marauder era stuff that. So much. I can't, I can't refute either point, honestly. So, um, we know that he tried to leave in 79, which would have made him 18. So he could have very plausibly not joined until he was 17 and had graduated.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, it, it doesn't really matter, honestly. <laughs> like if, if Regulus was in, in at 16, I just, it, it feels very much like that would be highly unusual um but i do secretly like the idea on the other side of dumbledore having his version of dumbledore's army at the school and they're just like the little order of the phoenix recruits and it's you know it's the it's our marauders it's our uh it's lily it's you know um all of that happening and they're doing little defense trainings and stuff and I I love the idea of that taking place uh, at Hogwarts
1: I could definitely see it and even if they weren't like outright having like special defense club meetings like I think they were certainly being groomed to become order members upon graduation
0: right and and I'm sure that it wasn't like where I feel like the Where I feel like the what makes the Draco thing so insidious and the fact that he gets indoctrinated literally at, like, 16 is, like, he was forced in, like, we're going to kill your family if you do not do this thing. And while he was still in the mindset of being, like, proud to be a part and wanting to be a part, it's... We don't get a lot of on on paper in the text a lot of like uh, the lay the um like the forcing of people to join things or like the um like the going in and like I'm I can't think of the I can't think of the word that I'm trying that I'm fumbling over and struggling with uh, but essentially you know, for instance like on the order of the Phoenix side, we don't get a lot of indication that Dumbledore was like going through the school and like recruiting being like, Oh, you, you would make a good order of the Phoenix member. I'm going to groom you and like put you into this thing, but like more uh, observing, Oh, these are the students who are outwardly standing up against the ideas of Voldemort and standing up against the, you know, the budding death eaters and like they have a clear rivalry and you know those are the ones that i should have contact with upon becoming adults or whatever um is kind of and if it kind of seems the, the same way because uh voldemort never actually got a teaching job to come in and teach defense against the dark arts and recruit directly out of hogwarts it also feels on that side where it's like you kind of have to show you gotta kind of show your uh, colors a little bit if you're not a a child of an already Death Eater or whatever. Um, so I think that there is a there's an element of choice, and that's ultimately what this series is supposed to be about, right? Is the element of choice uh, in all of these characters and choosing which side they want to be a part of, and then that's when they get like, okay, here's your dark mark, or like, okay, here's you know, here's your. Here's what it means to be in the Order. It's, you know, blind faith and Dumbledore <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> um,
1: I agree with, like, the general p- premise about choice and all that. I, I don't know if I'm actually fully on board of that he wasn't doing anything to sway things a certain way. Because he has been throughout the entire series the collector of broken toys. And he's oh, already like. It's a good way to put it. It's a given that Remus will join because Remus doesn't have his life without Dumbledore giving it to him. He's indebted him, even though he's not done it in an insidious way, or at least that appears outwardly to be insidious. I would argue that there's still some grody uh, motivations there. Um, and he does give things to people that he is trying to lead a certain way. Um, Because I would argue with the behavior that you've seen from James Potter throughout the entire series, the idea that that's the person that was chosen to be the head boy is flabbergasting. But if you are trying to sway someone's opinion, that would certainly catch their attention, even though they've been a bully for six years and absolutely should not be given an ounce of power.
0: I also think that that's an absolute plot hole. Yeah. Um, James Potter was not head boy at Hogwarts
1: he shouldn't have been like but he you, was
0: well I I know that it's said early in the series that he was and it's by Haggard right head boy and girl in their day at Hogwarts but it's bullshit he, he wasn't because he wasn't a prefect <laughs> which they is how Harry got comforted in not being chosen to be prefect himself it was because his dad wasn't a prefect Remus was because supposedly Remus was going to be able to you know keep an eye on Serious and James you yes. can't be head boy without being a prefect S-
1: says who where in canon do you have proof that someone can't be made head boy that wasn't a prefect because you have a canon example of someone who was not a prefect being made head boy
0: okay I mean I, I guess I guess it's not completely impossible I I thought it was I don't have book and chapter that says that it is I thought it was I thought that head boy and girl were chosen from the lot of prefects um, from the like two years before or whatever, um, but no, you're, you're right. It could. It is very. It is possible that you don't have to be a prefect to be head boy. I always thought of that actually as a author hadn't <laughs> f- like hadn't come up with that in the first book when talking up. Harry's parents that Harry's dad was actually kind of a bully for a period of time in his in his school age and wouldn't actually be head boy certainly Uh, wouldn't actually be a pre. you know what I mean like I always thought of that as like a oops probably shouldn't have wrote that in chapter five of this series because we haven't (laughs) fleshed out who James Potter actually is yeah Uh, no you're right it's possible yeah no it's it's, uh, it's not impossible
1: with logic Like, if we try to look at this logically, where you're approaching it, absolutely 100% correct. But if we take at face value what is represented in canon, whether or not the writer who should not be named did it on purpose or made a mistake, it does point to that it can happen. But then it underlines the point I'm making of it was done with a purpose, right? Because logically you should have to be a prefect to become head boy. So why would you get head boy to someone who's never been prefect unless you had some other motivation for doing it?
0: Yeah, that's, I'm with you. I think, and here's, here's one thing that I will, I do want to try to stand up for the James Potter character a little bit uh, in this moment, simply on this. The only bit about james potter we truly get is snape's view who absolutely hated him and one instance in which he bullied snape now he did bully snape that doesn't make him a good guy but we also get a a lot of uh so like there's a lot of missed time between The 15-year-old who bullied Snape in that one memory, and the 17-year-old who became head boy, the, the person who Lily couldn't stand at 15, but fell in love with and married by and had Harry by 21, like, in all accounts of the people around him that aren't named Snape, say... He had a problem with Snape because Snape was like addicted to the dark arts as a kid and James hated the dark arts. And they immediately got off to a horrible start with each other versus how James actually treated the rest of the population of Hogwarts or like any other characters in this series because we get so little about that character. And so we don't know... We don't know outside of how he treated Snape as an individual... If there was any merit to him possibly becoming head boy with or without being prefect. That is my two, like, two minutes on... The fandom likes to take James Potter and just make him into a... Total bully, horrible human being and a uh just like almost stalker of lily and like just forcing her into going out with him or something bad is going to like that kind of angle is a lot of what i see in stuff that gets like posted and shared or whatever within the fandom and i'm like we don't kind of know enough about this dude to go all the way there what we do know is that he hated snape and snape hated him and the two took every opportunity to curse each other both ways the whole time that they were at school
1: i think that's an interesting take on james and i'll i'll start with the preface of i actually don't hate james as a character but i think that you're missing um some of the plot points that we get that i believe remus shares with harry um when he's sharing about lily uh and that Lily would be frustrated with James. And I believe the line that she has is because he will hex people just for fun. Um, he's definitely gotten detention before for doing like a swelling charm on a student's head. And I'm blanking on the student's head, but I know that it wasn't Snape. It was someone else. Um, and then he he gets described um, like with some different like misdeeds that he had throughout the series. That said, we still have the gap of time between fifteen and seventeen where he has an opportunity to grow up. So I'm not actually trying to refute yeah. your point. I'm just saying that he bullied people other
0: than Snape. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I I was specifically talking about the time that passes between James Potter is an arrogant toe rag and <laughs> James' father is the father of my child. <laughs> yeah, valid. Like, like that piece period of time and the what could have like the point where he grows up like everyone on the page not named snape says that he did <laughs> and turned in turned out to be a you know a, a stand-up guy and whatever uh facet of the word it sound it yeah it we just don't know enough and i i get a little bit like not defensive of him but i just read some of the stuff that gets like put out there in these like little excerpts or whatever in social media and i'm like Man, people really like to make this dude out to be a really, really shitty guy.
1: Yeah, I think that um, in the book, he gets a little Mm -hmm. bit of the halo effect that may or may not be deserved. But outside of the book, he definitely gets, like, the devil horn effect, which is not deserved. Like, was he a bully? The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Was he evil? No. (laughs) Um, And and I don't
0: think he, like... yeah, Yeah, and I don't think he, like... Just completely pestered Lily until she finally gave in. Like, you know, uh, what would be considered now in twenty twenty two, like very, very inappropriate conduct.
1: Yeah, um, there'd be some consent issues there. I, I wouldn't say that James went to that level at uh, all. No.
0: But it, it does actually like lead. If we have time, it does lead interestingly into the the Snape path that. Uh, I was going in in my head before we prepped like when we were prepping for this
1: I'm interested
0: so if Snape valued Lily in the way that he you would he would need to for them to remain friends and to remain close right at some point in time Lily's still gonna have that moment with James like I don't think that part Changes because I think James does, but I think that they find a way for Snape to coexist within that group if it is important to Lily for them to do so upon maturation. And so, this made me wonder because also. The problem that James – like I said, the pro, the biggest problem that James had with Snape was the dark arts and the Death Eater stuff. Like they were on opposite sides. If Snape and Lily are truly friends and, that, and Snape chooses not to become a Death Eater and in this case not to be a spy in the Death Eaters and actually like makes that choice, then they have a lot less to butt heads over. <laughs> To begin with, and I think they could possibly, in that alternate universe, become cordial enough for Lily's sake. And it made me wonder, is it possible that after several years of this, like, cordialness, and him being a, not a member of the group, but a, you know, a guy that's around the group... Could Snape have actually taken Peter's place? That's is really it possible that at the moment that Sirius decides that everyone is going to know that he is the secret keeper, the ultimate curveball isn't to go make it Peter, but to actually make it Severus freaking Snape?
1: That's that's a really fascinating idea that I had not considered. Um, you know that means that Lily and James live, if they do that. Because he's far too obsessed with Lily to give over the information.
0: Right. And I think that's, like, it's, would he have died with it, and they actually live? Would it, is it possible that Snape has enough in him to, like... It does he is that going is that bond going to be strong enough that let's say they've they've become cordial enough, right? Like to not kill each other, but let's say that he and James have a row, which I'm guessing in this alternate universe happens a lot. <laughs> they just don't like hex each other and curse each other about it, they just yell at each other and then they are told to go cool off one of them leaves and then a few days later comes back and it's you know head nods because that's what guys do apparently uh <laughs> when we're about to fight each other and then we see each other a couple days later um like <laughs> would that would something like that be enough for him to like flip it
1: i don't if think he so. was
0: targeted would he actually like hold it
1: I think he'd run before he would give it. Because for him, he could hate James every day. And the problem wouldn't be that, does the information give up James? It would be that the information also gives up Lily. What's interesting, though, is, like... Say, like, let's replace Sirius with Snape. So, same personality, but now Sirius is the one that, like, is on the outs. And... um, he's somehow involved with death eaters i believe he if he got annoyed enough with one person would give over information because he wouldn't realize the implications and i underline that with his choice to nearly turn remus into a murderer just because he wanted to make snape suffer but i actually don't see that same sort, sort of short-sighted motivation in snape he's too calculated in the decisions that he makes even though they're stupid.
0: <laughs> so I guess in this scenario, you're saying if Sirius had actually been the secret keeper, you think that he could have possibly just like gotten pissed and blown that up?
1: Oh no, 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 no. I'm saying like, let's go back to the very beginning of the series and we swap roles. Oh. And Sirius is not oh, okay. the one who leaves his family. Um, No, in in the world where Sirius is who he is, he doesn't make that decision. I'm saying like he would have to be a different character, but where if he was put in charge of it and he didn't like James, then I think he's at risk of letting it go in a moment, like just a fit of anger and then later being devastated by what he's caused, but just not being, not thinking forward enough to what that choice would mean because he makes much more emotional decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yes I I think you're right about that Um, yeah It's interesting, but it, this is why I said It, it, you bringing up would Neville end up being, the. I think In both of these alternate realities This is Neville Longbottom and the Sorcerer's Stone
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah Well, then there's the other thing Like, so let's sort of Veer off to the idea that He has joined before He hears the prophecy and he's unwilling to put lily at risk so he chooses not to share the prophecy which inadvertently also shields neville so now we have a world in which there is no chosen one because the prophecy being made doesn't make the chosen one real someone has to believe that the pl- prophecy is true uh, so I, I mean i guess you could argue that dumbledore would try to make the prophecy true but let's discard that for a moment and say that the only person that was going to make the prophecy real was Voldemort because he truly believed that he needed to defeat this other person well now he doesn't know that there's this other specific person that he needs to defeat so we don't have a chosen one that's going to rise up with the power he knows not to stop him so does that actually prolong the war because now we don't have a any sort of trigger to lead us in the knowledge of horcruxes so we don't know uh, on the light side that he's immortal at this point so how how do they stop him?
0: I hate to do this because I am what the fan would consider a Dumbledore apologist um (laughs) And it's not because I do actually apologize for everything that Dumbledore does, but I find him the most fascinating character in the series to dissect and talk through. And I do believe that his intentions were always righteous, I guess you could say. Like, he was always doing it for that wonderful quote, the greater good. But they, all of the decisions were not kind ones. You know like um and so I th- I think in that scenario I think what you're talking about I think Dumbledore plans how to activate the poly- prophecy. Because Oops. there's two schools of thought. One, yes, the war could be basically prolonged inevitably until I don't know, Dumbledore and Voldemort actually face each other, Dumbledore gets the best of him but he's not actually dead. You can know, like, um, it, maybe that's how we get, maybe that's how we get to the, you know, quote unquote fall. I don't know. Um, but I think Dumbledore would see the prophecy as, oh, this is Tom's weakness because this is going to be Tom basically handing over the power to defeat him. And we need that. Yeah. So I need to manipulate the chessboard to make sure that Tom hands over the power to defeat him so that we can actually defeat him. But I think it would be a very calculated way of going about it because let's be like dumbledore was trying to protect the child from being murdered (laughs) only when it was a child right so it's kind of like does he does he sit on the prophecy and monitor the two potential children as they grow up see which one could be most uh, likely to succeed in the endeavor and then somehow stage a way for Voldemort to get word that there's a prophecy or pieces of a prophecy or something you know what I mean like get that uh, get that rumor out there maybe through his little spy his little Snape spy from 15 Um, however He would do, like, is that how we would get there? Because that's ultimately, that's how, yeah, that's the only way that Voldemort can truly be taken down unless, through those years of war, Dumbledore is able to piece together horcruxes with other information.
1: Well, so we know he's already made several horcruxes before Harry. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Everything except for Harry and Nagini is already made. Yeah, so he would continue because he wanted the seven split. So he needed um
0: well, it was one more, right?
1: Yeah, that's I mean, where
0: like, he was, And Dumbledore theorized <clears throat> that he was saving that for Harry. Yeah, like but, for so Harry's he, death.
1: But he wouldn't have. So in this world, he doesn't save it for Harry, right? So he he just has to find one more to get to what he considers to be the perfect number. Which right, fascinating right. that saying, it's not he, nine he instead of seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but so he can continue on that path without ever knowing anything about the prophecy. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I, once this episode is released, which will be at the first of December, I want to hear what you think after you listen to what you said about Dumbledore. If you still Mm -hmm. think that you are a defender of Dumbledore, because everything that you said was things I was going to use for why he would manipulate this situation because he's a bad guy, but you said it in a different (laughs) tone. It was really interesting. Um, but it, I don't know. I just I want to hear from you after you hear it back. Um, but I think that there is the possibility that um, maybe he waits and he watches. Right. And maybe from some sort of battle, we do have where Voldemort's dead, but he's not dead. And we're able to start putting pieces together and figure out the Horcrux thing. And so then maybe it doesn't lead to a world where the dark wins because the Horcruxes haven't been figured out. I do think there is one potential for figuring out the Horcruxes pretty early that I think is only a potential if Lily and James don't die, because then Sirius has more bandwidth because he's not going through this devastation and going to prison and all of that to wonder where his brother went. And if we really start to dig into where is Regulus, maybe we find out the story about the locket sooner. And I do believe Dumbledore is smart enough to put two and two together and say, that's a Horcrux.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think you, I think you're totally right. And I think we also have another path to it. um, That could be a reaffirming or at least a part of that plot as it's unwinding and it's Lily's relationship with Slughorn.
1: Oh yeah, maybe that's how they get. If their she's memory. alive,
0: yeah. Like it doesn't take Harry, you know, giving Slughorn a shit ton of alcohol, <laughs> to, and uh, you know, um, a story about his parents and his mom, who Slughorn likes so much. Lily could go to him directly.
1: Yeah, and we'll probably get it a it's lot. Very sooner. interesting. Yeah. Okay, so here is a question that I think you will hate. Um, Good. But so let's say Snape is a part of her life moving forward. Like they've made up, they've decided they're friends. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe James doesn't stop being antagonistic. Maybe he just hates Snape that much. He can't stop with the bullying. What do we think happens if Lily and James don't get together? Because this is that much of a problem.
0: Uh, then Harry has a different
1: name. <laughs> uh, yeah. And potentially a different father. And I'm not arguing that it would be <laughs> yeah. Snape. I, that's not the argument. Oh, it definitely thing. would not but be But like, Snape. what happens if she doesn't get with James? Does that make her more vulnerable? Like, are we more likely to lose Lily because she doesn't have some of the protections that would come with marrying a pureblood when she's a muggle-born?
0: uh, yeah, I mean I either that or she becomes kind of the de facto hermione of that era
1: hmm. potentially, yeah,
0: because we i mean she's we're we're led to believe that she's quite gifted, particularly with potions, but that she was no slouch with a wand, mm-hmm. and you know she kind of maybe instead of whatever energy she pours into the relationship with James, she pours into. I'm a muggle-born, and these people want me dead. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen.
1: Totally fair. Do you think she is more or less safe if she's not with James?
0: I think she's less safe. Um, I don't think she's less competent or capable, but I think she's less safe. I think that one, like you said, being a muggle... and, And I guess we're assuming here... That, like, it's a one true love thing, and there's no other dude that she could have possibly gotten with because, you know, in this series, you <laughs> either marry your high school sweetheart or you're destined Things to die forever. alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I mean, from from all accounts, Lily was a catch. I'm sure that she would have had plenty of options not named James Potter, but let's pretend that she doesn't like any of them. Um, I think that. James being pure blood and being in a well-connected, wealthy family, uh, uh, would have provided a added layer of security for her as a Muggle-born in that time. Uh, you know, some at least access to resources that would have been, you know, helpful. Uh, uh, rather than trying to fend for herself in this world without any of that because like I mean Harry ends up with a whole just slew of cash and it's not coming from the Evans side of the family <laughs> um, And I, so I imagine that that did afford them during the war some uh, resources that were helpful for them while they were alive that she wouldn't have had access to.
1: Definitely. Um, I think in some ways it also might be that she ended up safer not with him, but I think that that plays out with until the war ends, like at a certain point, point she's actually not highly involved in the wizarding world. I think she would still be a defender and she would be more of like a, I'm brewing potions to heal the people that are out on the front lines. And Mm -hmm. I I can give as good as I get if I get caught in a fight, but I'm trying to stay more on the sideline and keep my muggle family safe and things like that. I think that there is a showboatiness that comes with James that would have drug her a little further into the fray that i think she would have necessarily been comfortable with
0: that's highly possible again we're also like this is an assumption of like uh obviously she's safer if she's not with james because james does not impregnate her and sh- with a chosen one baby that voldemort's gonna come try to murder
1: <laughs> that's you <huge>. she's <laughs> like, no longer eligible for the
0: prophecy <laughs> right like we we are going you know uh with that assumption but yeah i I can I can definitely see her in a role like what you're saying. Um, I think that I think that either way, she's not hiding, and she's in this on the side of the order, with or without James. Because of the interaction that we get with Severus, and why she couldn't forgive him. Not again, I argue not for calling her a mudblood like he did, but for the fact that he wants to be a Death Eater and she is not going to like she's, she's not going on any trajectory that is not fighting against Death Eaters in some way
1: definitely and I would argue um, if she ended up in like a healing role that considering mm-hmm. who the majority of Order members are is one of the most important roles because not to throw any shade at Gryffindor but sometimes they make brave but not intelligent decisions and they need someone (laughs) to put the pieces back together
0: when there are implications for those
1: decisions
0: well yeah and I mean something as simple as brewing a wolfsbane potion Mm -hmm. would have gone a long way for the group that they had and And it's highly possible that she was
1: yeah, I think even in this scenario where everything plays out as canon, she probably did a lot of brewing because she's very talented as a potions mistress. Um, I just, yeah, I, I think it's interesting to think about the what-ifs. Um, I think, though, if we take all of the canon things as they are, she was not going to forgive him. So, that, like, this is an episode of just, like, what could happen if one thing was changed, but oh, yeah. with what we have in canon, th- this never would have happened.
0: Right, and he never he never cared about her enough to change himself. No, because so he doesn't even understand
1: to, like, that it's not yeah. care that he has. It's obsession.
0: Yeah, so it's on either side, she was never going to forgive him, and he was never going to do the things that would actually be necessary for her to.
1: Yeah, I think we agree on that. Okay. Well, we've kind of dug into what we think would happen if this one little piece was changed, but now I'd love to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit more about, uh, your podcast and like where we can find you on episodes and on socials.
0: Yeah, sure. So belated binge is available across, uh, like all the, um, podcast platforms uh it's also available on the website belated binge.com uh i have a cool v- uh, leave a voicemail feature uh if you want to yell at me for anything that i said here or you go listen to my podcast and want to yell at me for any of those opinions or want to agree with me or answer any of the questions that i pose uh the that is a really cool feature that i would love to use more often than i get to uh with people leaving a voicemail there um so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm also on what all of the main socials, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. I do post on uh, YouTube as well with the episodes and um, that get posted there and shorts uh, too. And all of those things are at belated binge or slash belated binge or slash at belated binge. Whatever they use, they're belated binge on all of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, I highly recommend checking him out. I've listened to quite a few of his episodes and he has some great points. And he has really interesting guests on.
0: Like one firebird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that episode. I um, I really liked listening to... Um, one of the recent episodes with oh it's the podcast that recently changed their name. I think now it's for Fox. Oh, for Fox's sake. sakes. Yeah. Uh yeah. that was a great episode. So I really honestly wasn't trying to plug myself as a good guest. I i like some of the other guests <laughs> that you've had on, but I had a blast on there.
0: And the um one thing that I do, speaking of the website, belated binge how many times can I say it? Um, I do uh, like pin, like make a um, a, a featured episode out of the ones that I have good guests on. So uh, yours will be on there, as well as if you uh, want to hear any of those other guests mentioned. They are uh, one of the features on the homepage of the website, so they're really easy to navigate to.
1: That's super cool. I honestly should think about doing that on our website. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I don't. I don't pin a whole lot of my solo episodes because I, I like to use that to try to like highlight the guests
1: i think that's a cool idea i've literally just done like uh, a list in order of like every episode and it has like a a summary and then it links to the spotify one just because that's where i always listen to my podcast so i send people to listen to podcasts there but i know some people are like diehard like apple people or something like that so they might get mad that it's not linking to apple but um i, I might play with the idea of featuring some episodes
0: yeah, I love it. Um, it's a cool little feature, and it's uh, truthfully not hard for me to do. Uh, so I, the I love taking advantage of that feature. And like I said, the, the voicemail thing is cool. Um, I can, I would be happy to tell you my uh, podcast, my podcast website host, if you, um, if you are interested. Depending on uh, how difficult you're finding your stuff, but uh, yeah, uh, they do not pay me, so I'm not going to say it here now. <laughs> yeah, we could talk no about it off ads. the air.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
0: Today's episode is sponsored by The Blue Bottle. Tired of faffing about with gobby salespeople and never finding what you want? Need a broom that can get you and the whole family around without the hassle? Then Blue Bottle Brooms is the company for you. Their pristine and versatile products always have us chuffed to bits. The Blue Bottle. A broom for all the family. Safe, reliable, and with built-in anti-burglar buzzer.
1: Thanks for tuning in, Muggles. If you're Jonesy for more witchy goodness between episodes, you can check us out on Instagram at Dusty Cauldron Podcast, on Facebook at the Dusty Cauldron Podcast Group, Email us at dustycauldronpodcasts at gmail.com or check out our website at dustycauldronpodcasts.com. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now if you want to hear more. And remember, it's really fun to explore what might have happened if Lily forgave Snape and how that might impact the story. But we all know that that was never going to happen. And don't forget to stir whatever you've got brewing in your cauldron right now. Bye!
0: disarm It's time to disarm your reluctancy and explain how you can support this podcast. Belated Binge is a fully independent production. I read the books, write the script, record the episode, edit the recording, pick and produce the sounds, manage the content schedule, manage social media, promote the podcast, and feed Producer Jack. Any costs from equipment to software to website development, marketing, any of that comes out of my pocket. And despite how many times I've been told we look alike. I'm no Harry Potter. No half-giant has ever taken me to a bank full of cash and said, Hey, you're rich! Having a podcast takes a lot. And it's not easy. So your support is literally the only thing that keeps the show going. And there are a few key ways you can support the podcast. First, word of mouth is absolutely huge. If you enjoy the show, please tell everyone of your Potterhead friends to give it a shot. Also, many of the pod players now support a rating and review function. Apple, Spotify, GoodPods, Podchaser, just to name a few. And it takes about four seconds to leave a five-star rating on the app. This can be greatly impactful. If you have more than four seconds and the app that you're using supports written reviews, that's even better. Think about how reliant we are on reviews, whether you're buying something new or deciding what book to read next. We're always looking at ratings and reviews to weigh into our decision. Podcasts are no different and your positive review could be the difference in someone discovering the show and deciding to give it a chance. Another great way to support the show is engaging in the conversation yourself, whether it be answering the specific questions I pose during the show or on social media. Maybe you just have a theory of your own or you want to leave some feedback. I'd love to hear from you and maybe even share it on the podcast. You can submit your thoughts by leaving a voicemail on the website, belatedbinge.com. Just click the little leave a voicemail icon on the page that you visit. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can also respond in written form by using the contact form on the website, leaving comments or DMs on social media. My handle is belated binge across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and you can also email belatedbinge at gmail.com. The final and perhaps most impactful form of support is to become a patron on Patreon. I've made a ton of updates to Patreon membership benefits this season and some goals to shoot for as well there are currently six tiers available designed to fit any budget level ranging from one dollar to twenty dollars with all the bells and whistles so Benefits range from early access to ad-free versions of the show, recognition on the website, bonus episodes, patron shoutouts, show prep notes, insider participation, binge award participation, input on show content and future benefits, a drawing for a physical gift sent from me to you and others. I've also set some growth goals that'll unlock new benefits for existing tiers and maybe even adding some more stuff as we go. The first goal is to get 10 total patrons, at which point I will start a Patrons Discord server. However you choose to support the show, thank you. I truly appreciate it.